0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West. And as always, I really hope you like it. Thank you for joining me. I'm here at the Story House in Nashville, Tennessee, just like always. And uh, boy, it's a busy fall. I'm on tour. When I'm not doing the podcast, the My Story, Your Glory Tour is traveling to 20 cities around the country. I sure hope you can come and join me. MatthewWest.com for all your ticket information. Click the tour button. We've also got a special come home for Christmas weekend taking place in Franklin, Tennessee. If you've never been to Tennessee uh, Christmas time, it's unbelievable. So we're doing a special weekend, inviting a small group of people December first through the third for um, uh, a really special Christmas concert at this beautiful theater. We're going to do Christmas dinners together. We're going to have Christmas carols. We're going to do a Christmas tree lighting. It is an awesome weekend, our second annual. Go to MatthewWest.com for all the tour information and information on that Christmas weekend, as well as four Christmas concerts we're doing in Florida in December. So uh, all that's going on, I'm going to be busy this fall, and I hope that you'll come out and sing with me, okay? Hey, I'm excited for today's episode, and I think you're going to love this conversation. I got to have this guy join me. I've been a fan of his work for a long time. He's a pastor. He's an author. And he's written a brand new uh, devotional for children called Marvel at the Moon, a 90-day devotional. And it's a beautiful book, beautiful illustrations as well, and beautiful heart behind it. He's going to share more about that today. So let's go to the story house with my new friend, Levi Lusko. Now, are you born and raised and in Montana? No, I'm from Colorado. Born, Okay. So, uh,
1: Rocky Mountain. I mean, I'm I'm Rocky Mountain through and through. If you cut me, I bleed western blood. <laughs> uh but yeah, New Mexico 10 years, Colorado 10 years, uh California for a stint and then Montana for the last 17.
0: Okay. At Fresh Life.
1: Yeah, we started that church above a bar uh 17 years ago.
0: Is that right? I've seen on uh like Instagram, I think it was uh was Torn Wells out there not too long ago. You've had some different different people coming in and being part of services and things like that.
1: Torin is my guy, man. He's so great. Uh, yeah, he did, uh, our summer, we do a summer, um, youth conference and he came out and led and
0: brought his moves like Jagger, you know, his whole deal. (laughs) He was awesome. Oh, he's the real deal. I've known him for years and just, he's, he is awesome. So I'm always curious, Levi, like with everything that you're doing as lead pastor and author and, uh, I mean, obviously your family responsibilities, like, where, where am I catching you today? Are you in, uh, like meeting mode or like is, is, is every day pretty, pretty severely structured and this, and then it's like, Oh, I got to go do an interview. Or is it like, this is an interview day for you? Like, how does it, how does it shake out on, yeah, on today's? Yeah, that's so good. It's such, such a good question. It's like an
1: insider question. Like, how does the, uh, uh, yeah, it? Yeah, because it's it is like a a living Rubik's cube, isn't it? It's like all yeah. oh, the yellows are supposed to be over here. Yeah. Um, I try and keep my mornings uh, dedicated to study and 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 preparation of talks and that kind of thing, um, so that in the afternoons it's interviews and podcasts and then meetings. Usually after lunch, I do that. In morning, I like to have a long leisure, quiet time early. I'm I'm an early riser, five thirty six usually, and then like it's funny now because it's dark. You know we have we have darkness in the morning till like seven, and so I'm sitting out there with the fire going, have some like string lights, you know, and do the quiet time. And then I like to get a little workout in, and then study and prep, and then. Um, but yeah, uh, this one's been a pretty highly optimized afternoon because the new book's out. So all the as you know, conversations and the fun. Chances to do those recordings, and then we're going straight after this into a brainstorm for uh, a tour we're doing this Christmas. For we're trying to still finesse one part of the evening. How do we get it just right? And so we're working on that.
0: Can we talk about that Christmas tour for a second? I can't wait to talk about your new book, uh, but first, I think I saw a post about that, and is that with the great Lisa Harper? The indefatigable
1: Lisa Harper, yes, I mean, the one and only. Pray for me. Going on the road with this girl, we're, we're
0: I may never stop laughing. Oh gosh, I mean, but I mean, and learning. I mean, she's it's true. I mean, so much. She's like, working on
1: her PhD. I know. She's a theological encyclopedia. She's she's that combination of like humility and hilariousness and brilliance. Oh. And and her daughter Missy's coming on the road with yeah. us, and so my kids are coming. We're all just going to be just laughing our way down the road. We're joking that the tour should be called Huckleberry Hot Chicken because she's from Nashville and I'm Montana where the Huckleberries come from. So it's going to be ridiculous.
0: That's perfect. So how many dates is that going to be? And, uh, is it Christmas themed?
1: Yep. So it's nine dates, uh, end of November till December 15th. And you know, we're hitting, you know, multiple places in Texas We're, We're near Charlotte. Um, Birmingham, uh, and then we start in Spring Hill right outside of Nashville. Oh, great. And then we also do – so you'll have to come if you're free. i then to. uh to. Yeah, there's Christmas worship. Our team coming from our church from Fresh Life, leading us in worship. And then Lisa and I are kind of doing um, – we're joking that it's kind of like Hamilton. There's like the rap <laughs> battle in Hamilton. Instead of either of us preaching to, independently, we're both going to do – we've been working on the sermon together, oh. and we're going to do it more as a flow. And we both want to really, we called it the wonder of Advent because we, you know, I feel like Christmas either has cultural baggage or people who are like, I have a bad experience have been, you know, kind of grieved by Christmas. So we want to restore that wonder of of Advent and the truly preparing
0: of our hearts for Christmas joy. When did this idea come about? Was this just you and uh, Lisa dreaming it up? I mean, was this uh, something that's been in the making for quite some time or?
1: Yeah, two years ago, we both started saying, like, man, we should go on the road together. We should do this. Because every time we get together, like, our we, our personality, we both are, like, giving each other chainsaw recommendations and then talking about words in the Greek, you know? <laughs> and so we were like, we should just go on the road and do this. And so we started getting serious about it about a year ago, talked to Transparent, and they were like, let's do it. And so we're we're going out, and we're really excited. We'll see how it goes. It's the first time we've done this together, and she's never been on a bus tour. So I'm, like, giving her the tips, like, Get a uniform. Don't overpack. You know all the things.
0: So you've done the bus tours before, then you're no stranger to it.
1: Yeah, I did a big. Uh, do you remember Outcry? Yeah, the tour of back in the day. Yeah. So I did the sermon c- component on Outcry, and then we did a, a bus tour with when my first book came out. And over the years, uh, Lisa Harper, Lisa, sorry, excuse me, Harper Turkhurst and I yeah. have done some bus tours, and then. Louis Giglio and I did uh, yeah. a passion tour, so yeah, we've we've learned the hard way how to do buses wrong. So,
0: <laughs> and you'll be uh, you'll have your whole family out.
1: Yep. So Lisa and I are sharing a bus, and then we have a worship and production bus, and uh, and the kids are all homeschooled, so they'll be able to Amazing. do their school every
0: day. Amazing. Yeah. Some of my favorite memories are my wife and I homeschooled our daughters while I was on tour for four years, and just traveled the country together. Every day was a new adventure, you know, a new uh, field trip, you know, it was like just, and they used the tour bus as their jungle gym. I mean, it was just incredible. You guys oh, yeah. are going to have a great time. Where um, can they, where can people get tickets and find out where those cities are? So, uh, transparentproductions.com. Yeah. The wonder of Adventura, the wonder of advent tour so. with Levi and the great Lisa Harper. I should say the great Levi too, but I, you're here. So no, 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 the great Lisa <laughs> Harper, we shall keep in that category.
1: And then yeah, fresh life worship. We're so excited. I've never gotten to take our church worship team out on the road with us like that's this, amazing. So, so they're going to be leading
0: worship. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. I hope to come and see the spring Hills show. That's not too far from, from where I live. Please, uh, I noticed Matthew. you have a 17 year old. Is that correct? She'll be 18 in two weeks. Okay. All right. We're kind of in a similar place, Levi. I've got a 17-year-old daughter and a 14-year-old daughter. So you have a 17-year-old daughter as well? Yep.
1: So 17, uh, 13, 11, and then one in heaven who would be 16, Mm -hmm. and then a six-year-old boy.
0: Okay. I I, I wasn't sure if your 17-year-old, soon to be 18, was a boy or a girl, but if it was a boy, I was going to try to work out some sort of... We'll have to, I'll have to trade a goat with you. arranged yeah. a, <laughs> a marriage. These are scary times, man. Hey, I wonder if you need to supercharge your hiring. If you do, well, you need Indeed. Uh, if you're like me and uh, you got a lot of stuff going on, you need to find some great people to add to your team. You don't have a lot of time to spend searching. Where do you begin? You begin at Indeed. Indeed makes it easy. They streamline the whole hiring process. It's an unbelievably powerful hiring platform delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined according to Talent Nest 2913. Over 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed. So why aren't you? They streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched. Candidates And instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. And that's what I love. You're able to hire and find the right people fast, and you're also able to save money in the process. Here's how. The only job site that where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements, that's Indeed. No other job site offers that. So you're saving money, and you're finding the right people to add to your team. Join more than 3 million businesses that use Indeed. Start hiring now with a $75 job credit, sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com/west. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 job credit now at indeed.com/west. Again, indeed.com/west and support the show by saying that you heard about it on the Matthew West podcast indeed.com/west. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So are you guys looking at sc- she, uh, colleges and things like that or?
1: Yeah. So she's a farmer. Uh, she works on a cucumber and tomato farm, uh, someone in our church owns and picks, uh, uh, cucumbers and, and tomatoes in the morning in the greenhouse, listening to audiobooks. loves it. She, uh, gets three hours of like basically mental health. Right. I mean, that's just so peaceful. amazing. She's scared of the spiders though. She, she says there's lots of spiders. Um, <laughs> She's amazing. She plays, um, tennis competitively. She's singles one on the local high school tennis team, which allows homeschool athletes to also participate, which is really neat. Wow.
0: That's great.
1: And, and so we're praying about it. You know, we're looking at, we're taking some tours of some schools. Um, and she, if she really does want to play tennis, so if that becomes a possibility in college, she'll take that choice. Um, but then after that, we're just going to pray and see what where God leads.
0: And that's exciting, man. Have you, um, What's been one of the greatest, like, you know, I. did you ever notice when you had little kids, like people would always choose to tell you what the best stage of parenting is? Oh, oh, they're the best when they're at this age or they're, I wonder if you could agree with this sentiment that like, I would walk into this experience of parenthood and, and realize, man, I feel like every stage has been the best stage. Like, Oh, there's, you know, what's been one of your best parts about having a 17, almost eight year old, 18 year old, like the, the difference of, of being a parent of a teenager turning adult.
1: Matthew, you're so right. The, 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 the shade that people throw on teenage parenting is, is unwarranted. I mean, I'm sure people have had bad experiences, but what do they say about horses? There are no problem horses, just problem riders. So maybe the problem's not the teenager. Maybe the problem's your parenting (laughs) strategy, right? And, i mean i don't want to be the one shot firing shots here but i have loved every second of it every every stage every development every moment and now my 17-year-old and I we're like movie buddies. Mm. So we have built this list of all the movies she wants to see. You know and, and like so watching Fast and the Furious, Tokyo <laughs> Drift with her like just the most ridiculous Princess Bride. We've just kind of built this it's like 50 movies long and we work through them in the gym when we we're working out. Oh, that's and, cool. And uh that's the like the Italian job. Like these just great yeah. movies from my yeah. childhood and and I I've, I've that's one of my favorite things with her.
0: Don't you feel like too I I took my daughter to this camp uh it's called jh ranch it's like in northern california last summer and we had this incredible experience together and at the end it was like what's one you know what's something new you discovered about each other some of those guided questions and things like that and man i i felt like for the first time sadly for the first time i've not been missing it up to that point but it felt like i was realizing she can teach me things like i think a lot of times as parents it's like you know oh I, it's up to me to impart all of my this wisdom onto my kids but then like all of a sudden i look across you know if we're driving in the car i look across and i'm like this girl like she's going to teach me things she's going to teach me more about jesus and more about my faith and like the maturity you know it's like the scripture says don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers like to to see your children and realize like oh okay i've raised now this is a little adult you know and they're going to teach me some things
1: You're right. No, my daughter will send me sermon ideas. You could do a title. She sent me the other day a whole, like, you could do this series – on this, and I would do this, wow. and then help me like no words. Don't say that, Dad. No one yeah. says that anymore. You're like or like, hey, yeah, you could say Riz <laughs> instead of charisma like that. That'll get a laugh out of the younger people. I'm like, that's amazing. Uh, it's and then like literally, I'll text her pictures of outfits. I'm like,
0: is this okay? She's that's like,
1: amazing. N-. Or 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 if she's like, hey, Dad, your outfit was fire today. I'm like, ah, thank God. You know, like that's such awesome. happiness. Yeah.
0: So keeping you relevant, basically.
1: I guess so. We're trying, but it's really cool. And this is special. Like you, you're saying that, that I wouldn't, I would take moments with her over any opportunity,
0: any, like, that's just so, it's a treasure. It's a treasure. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, everybody listening to the podcast is familiar with, uh, books you've already put out, like "Through the Eyes of a Lion," "Swipe Right," "I Declare War." I'm super excited about this newest book because you finally wrote one at my reading level, uh, which <laughs> is, uh, and this is a book for children, <laughs> "Marvel at the Moon." But uh, I'm curious as we as we talk about this new book and this devotional for children, like how much of this was informed by your your experience with your kiddos in your house, and uh, you know maybe realizing like here are things that I want to make sure I impart and teach to my children along the way, like being a dad had to, was that some of the why behind creating this book?
1: Without a doubt, Matthew. Um, You know, we all read our books, these books to our kids, especially when they're young. And my six-year-old is still young enough to where, I read to him every night. You know, the older kids are reading to themselves more. They're, you know, my eleven year olds old, all in the Nancy Drew and they mm-hmm. read the Harry Potter or whatever else. But but um Lennox, I, I lie in bed with him every night, read to him, and the ones he likes, he wants read to him over and over and over again. And so it was like, okay, I get tired you get tired of these stories. And so I wanted there to be 90 devotionals. So if you read I mean you're reading three months worth, and if he likes it and he loves this book, which is to me, it's been battle tested. Does, does he start losing his attention? You know, that kind of thing. And then the pictures, the right illustrator. We also hid telescopes all throughout the book. Oh, that's cool. So the, the, he's looking, oh, do I see a telescope hidden into this illustration? Like those magazines at the dental office as kids <laughs> that we had, you had to find the different things that were hidden. Of course. And then... I want there to be some something for the adults, too. So you're going to learn that there's a Bible on the moon. 1972, astronaut Dave Scott left a Bible literally on the dashboard of the lunar rover. So, like, uh, adults reading that are going to be like, that's interesting. I didn't know there's a Bible on the moon. That's you awesome. Know? So... Easter eggs that are for the adults, scriptural truth for the kids. And then I wanted to not sugarcoat hard stuff, you know? Mm. We talk about loneliness, which is at epidemic levels in our culture. We talk about, you know, bullying and anxiousness and death and loss. And I wanted to bring these real truths that Scripture has real answers for. I think sometimes kids' stuff can be real fluffy but light on theology. So I wanted to bring through kind of a blend of all of these things. And that was really important for us.
0: And let's talk about that loneliness topic. Like what, what do you think it is? I know, like you said, it being an epidemic, you know, for all ages, but like when, what have you seen as a pastor and even just with your, your kids, friends, and and just in our society right now, what do you think is causing this extreme feeling of loneliness specifically among children?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like that whole thing of uh, the king wanted to be able to turn things to gold with his touch. And then he discovered it was real bad to eat with everything turning to gold. Our technology has created this ultra convenient life. We can tell DoorDash to leave the groceries on the front door and get the heck out of here without even knocking. We can get into autonomous, self-driven Ubers. We check out at the grocery store in the self-checkout lane. ATMs, you know, are even a thing of the past. So we, we literally, you don't even have to go to the gym. You do a spin class on your Peloton in your living room by yourself, but turns out this ultra-convenient, ultra-I-don't-want-to-talk-to-anybody-life is really bad for us. The Surgeon General actually says it's the same as drinking six alcoholic drinks per day or smoking 15 cigarettes. So it's destroying us. And, you know, God said, "I let us create man in our image. So God's a trinity. He's a triune God, three in one. He's in communication and relationship in himself, Mm. and he made us in his image to crave and want and need physical transactions of love and kindness, forgiveness, and iron sharpening iron. So I think uh, the, part of the value of this marvel at the moon is you're never alone in God's majestic universe. He made you, and he made you to want relationships with other people. And so I think it's, the Bible says God sets the solitary into families. So I think mm-hmm. we, we crave and need that richness of relationship. And young people are growing up in a world, unlike you and me, where th- all they've ever known is the iPhone. You and I remember Blockbuster Video and <laughs> phone books and MapQuest, but that's not the, the case for a culture where it's, everything's on the phone. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the, um, I, I even just even felt it during the pandemic, even in the West House. It was just like we were together so much when everything was shut down in Nashville, I'm sure it was different than, uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly what it was like in Montana, but I know like when things were in complete shutdown here, it was like, everybody eventually would like retreat to their own spaces. And I felt like there was more there, if we weren't careful or intentional about community within our own home, it was like this new lifestyle of, of, of our daughters just retreating to their rooms. And it's in, in rooms with phones. And then just this kind of like, I've just noticed how many kids like just have, have an even harder time, like communicating in person, like, because it's just, you're snapping each other. You're not, you know what I mean? It's just like that lack of community and that push towards isolation can then, and not to mention just how many, you know, how many kids are uh, going through a broken home situation. Right. And just feeling extremely lonely and, Uh, you know, mom and dad splitting up or whatever it may be. What do you think the uh, importance of, and I know you, I already know what your answer is going to be to this, but like, as parents, I feel like a lot of times we can say, well, I'm going to make sure my kids get to church and they'll learn, they'll grow in their faith at church. Uh, I'm going to maybe put my kids in a Christian school, so they'll have a chapel class there. But then, maybe overlook or neglect the importance of what's happening inside the home from a spiritual discipleship standpoint. Um, Talk about the importance of mom and dad sitting down and being intentional with their kids and going through these 90 devotions of Marvel at the moon or or any other book for that matter. But obviously, I'm going to highly recommend what you've put together here. But, you know, can you can is it possible to overstate the importance of of mom and dad spiritually like discipling their kids inside the home.
1: No, absolutely not. You can't delegate that responsibility. You know, church is phenomenal and there's actually data that backs that up. Uh, Harvard, a study was done at Harvard. If someone attends church just once a week and that's, That's not necessarily being in a small group, not necessarily being on a team, just goes to church once a week. They are 68% less likely in their life to die a death of despair, Hmm. a death of despair as defined by alcohol poisoning, suicide, or drug overdose. So just like it's life-changing for that. So there's no doubt church is powerful. But for children formation, I believe um, one of the most important things you can do is just sit down at the table and have a meal you know, just to sit and have a meal and not have it be eating on the go and all running around. Um, You know, it doesn't even have to be a home cooked meal. Studies show if even if you get take out McDonald's, but bring it home and sit around the table. Kids do better in school. Kids do better at not becoming obese. Kids do better at not, you know, getting pregnant before they're an adult. Um, So like the life changing power of the table. And then I think adding a scriptural component to that is just even going to put nitrous oxide on that yeah. to get back to Fast and the Furious, <laughs> right? So to sit, for like for us, it's like, hey, we're all sitting here. It's chaos. Look, when there's little kids, it's chaos. The bar's low. We're not expecting them to sit and listen for long. But a resource like this with colorful pictures and can we all look at it? And what we do is we take turns passing it around. Mm. Hey, you read the scripture. Hey, That's you good. read the prayer. Hey, you read the sidebar. And then it's like there's a sense in a a, 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 a habitual kind of pattern, form. It's like the way glaciers move through valleys and carve out land. I think it it leaves a mark on people.
0: Have you found, like, I know you wrote, this is your second children's devotional, right? The first one was called Roaring Like a Lion. Yeah. Did you get, like, response from the first one about how it was speaking to families that made you go it's time to do this, like to keep going with that journey of writing books like this to encourage family devotion time. Like was that, did that inform the why of like, okay, this is something that's impacting families. Can you talk about, you know, maybe some of the impact you've heard even from the first one or this newest one that's just come out?
1: Without a doubt. So with, I had to hound my publisher to get, and I'm grateful for Tommy Nelson to, to, get them to believe this was a need because my first book through the eyes of a lion was where I helped people to understand that in their impossible pain, God can give them incredible power, which is our story of our daughter, Linya going to heaven. We gave her corneas through a a, a transplant of organs to these two blind people who received sight through her eyes. So literally a story like we all see every day of the gospel bringing you know, blessing out of, out of misery. And, and that's what Jesus does. So that's that book. And I've been told a million times, I gave it to my neighbor who suffered a loss. I gave it to my friend at work. It's a cool thing that people know to go to in their head. I want to buy this for someone hurting, but I would always hear that and go, what about the kids? What about kids who's live in the home where the dad died, and I was so I'd always tell Tommy Nelson I would love for this message to be in a book accessible to kids, mm. and they were gracious enough eventually to wear to for me to wear them down <laughs> to do it and and the anecdotes I got was exactly that hey, I was able to buy this for kids in my life who I know who i've got had to go through hard times, which is by the way, just about everybody and so I just really wanted to continue to do things to serve kids and help them know there's a big God and I my kids and I love in the summertime to pull our telescope out look up at the moon there's mm-hmm. something so soothing uh, for our inner space about outer space and dealing with anxiety I personally suffer from panic attacks and anxiousness and being too tightly wound. And one of my coping mechanisms is I go out and look at the stars, and Mm -hmm. it really calms me down, which David did the same thing. Read Psalm 8, I consider your heavens. Um, And so that's kind of the heartbeat of this book is I hope parents will use it to point their kids to Jesus, and then they'll get outside more and be more interested in some of
0: these things. See, I love that Like you're you're writing books the way that uh, I'll write a song where— you might write something like to look at the title of your book or the cover of the book and see the telescope or the concept of the telescopes being hidden throughout the pages, you know, it could be like, Oh, did you just come up with this concept? But it's like, no, it's, it's, it's doused and drenched and steeped in like your own personal story, your own personal experience of looking up at the stars and spending time with your kids, looking through the telescope. And it, to me, there's, there's a real um, there's a beauty in like this, Us conveying our personal stories in a deep and meaningful way, but then communicating them in the way that people can, you know, receive it in in a universal way, which is uh, not the most eloquent way of putting it. But I just love that, that I could look at the cover, I could look at the title and maybe not know that element of your story, but to hear you share about that and going, hey, here's how I cope with some of my own anxieties, looking up and literally marveling at the moon and at the stars that that makes it even more personal in a really special way for the reader to, to dive into that. Uh, I'm, I'm curious with you, like how, when, when someone would think about you Levi and go, all right, this guy, you know, he's got all these Instagram followers. Everybody's listens to his message. He's got this awesome podcast with his wife. He's putting out these books. Wait, you have panic and anxiety too? Like what, you know what I mean? Like, what is the, why have you felt like it's important to share about that part of your story?
1: I think people relate to your brokenness. You know, I think that's, that's what we're all hoping for is that that I can, that I can find an encouragement to keep going. Mm. And every one of us struggle. Every one of us are mere mortals. Every one of us (laughs) are, you know, just dirt with God's breath in us, you know? So I think when, when I know what, what encourages me is when I, sit across the table and have chips and salsa with someone like you and know, hey, you struggle too. It's not always easy. You, we all fear our best days are behind us. We all fear, like, I'm getting older. We all fear, you know, irrelevance. All those things are normal, and we all feel like just even the pressures of daily life are so much. Mm-hmm. So when we can encourage each other with what the Bible says, one another, right? I love that the, the words one another are used 59 times in the New Testament. Hmm. We need each other and we need to share the good and share the bad. And, and when we can hopefully encourage people going through hard times, um, it actually helps us get through it too, which is a weird thing. So it's almost, I don't want to say selfish, but one of the the most selfish things you
0: could do in a good way is help other people because it's going to encourage you too. All right. I've put the dogs away while I record the podcast. Otherwise they'd be absolutely interrupting our show. Uh, and instead I get to interrupt our show by telling you about their favorite dog food. It's called Sundays and it's healthy and the dogs are happy. It's easy to store and serve which makes me happy and it's very affordable which makes me super happy. They've also got a new turkey recipe which is the most palatable recipe yet. Uh, My dog's love it. They've got a ton of energy. They're feeling really good. In fact, a lot of dog parents report noticeable health improvements in their pups, including softer fur, healthier skin, and more energy. I've noticed that in my dogs as well. This is air-dried dog food made from a short list of human-grade ingredients. Sundays is healthy, all right? It was co-founded by Dr. Tori Waxman, a practicing vet. It contains 90% real meat and 10% vegetables, fruits, and whole grains. Every recipe has digestive aids like pumpkin and ginger plus disease-fighting antioxidants. So if you want your dogs to be healthy, if you want to feel good about keeping them healthy, Sundays is the dog food that they're going to love. Sundays is shelf-stable, lightweight, easy to travel with. If you're on the go, every order ships right to your door, which is what I love. So you're never going to worry about running out of dog food again. Plus, get 20% off and free shipping on every subscription order. It costs 40% less than other healthy dog food brands, so you're saving money. And they don't waste money on shipping frozen packages. They spend money on what matters, sourcing the best all-natural ingredients for your dog. We've worked out a special deal for our dog-loving listeners of the Matthew West Podcast. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash west. Use the code west at checkout. You're going to get 35% off your first order. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash west. Upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food that you feed your dog. Can you give some advice to uh, parents who are going, okay, I've never I, I've never. Dug in and and actually tried to sit down and have a, a quiet time. I, I love the advice you gave about, um, you know, the informality of, of grabbing a pizza and sitting down, just sitting at the table. The value of sitting at the table, maybe bringing up that devotional. I love those the tips about maybe taking turns reading so everybody's engaged. Uh, to the parent who feels intimidated by that um, what's some, what's some advice that you could give, uh, as they're, they have a heart to go. I want, I want that one another in my own home. I want that community. I want to, you know, spend some time pouring into my kids. Maybe kids are reluctant or going mom or dad, I don't want to do this. Um, they're picking up Marvel at the moon, these 90 devotions, and they're praying for an open door to speak into their kids' lives. What's, what's a bit of, uh, you know, spurring on or encouragement you could give to the parent who's got the book and going, all right, I'm praying that my kids will be receptive to this. Yeah.
1: Uh, Two things, lower your expectations, you know, (laughs) on what is going to be perceived as the response to that there may not be like angelic choruses and the kids all say thank you mother thank you father you have taught thee thou you know start speaking in king james to one another <laughs> cherubs show up in your windows right it may be chaos i've had a billion family devotions where it ends with someone screaming someone sitting on someone some, you know it's like it all did, did you hear a single thing we just said you know um so lower your expectations the key is you're showing them this is a value you're inviting Jesus into the home. You're trying to set a spiritual, you know, as for me in my house kind of tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't be frustrated if it goes all crazy, accept it. If it was a good moment, great, go with it. You know, it doesn't, it's not like an hour long church service. We're taking a few moments. And we're really letting this thing set the pace for us. And then I think secondly, more is going to get through than you think more is they're going to absorbing more through your example. Cause more, it's more, Caught than taught anyway, so they're listening to what you say, but watching what you do, and they say that if if the single biggest predictor in whether a child grows up to be a reader, which readers are leaders and leaders are readers, is a whether they're read to by a role model, parent, aunt, grandpa, you know. Um, so shout out to the single mom, single moms out there who get their kids to church to have them around godly men. Wow. That's a really powerful thing. Um, but then the second biggest predictor is do they see that parent or role model reading on their own. So them watching you is powerful. So little eyes are on you and and they they may one day quote you and you're like, "Wait, I didn't even think you were paying attention." It's like, "Well, yeah, but you said what the thing? Wait, you you absorbed that while you were fighting and pulling your sister's hair, you know?"
0: I love that, man. I I love that you have the vision for uh um, for not just writing the books for the adults, but the fact that you uh you know pestered your publisher to see the value in uh in these children's devotionals as well and uh i just think it's going to be exciting to see how the lord uses marvel at the moon it's a 90 day devotion book um it's just come out uh just a few weeks ago right just a couple of weeks ago and uh it's 90 days of devotions covering topics like loneliness and peer pressure and negative emotions and all the important things and i love the tips you just gave for parents and uh i was asking those questions because i wanted those tips as well um i'm by no means an expert but trying to do my best as a dad and like you said man not just the words that we say but the but our actions will always speak louder so what's uh what's next for you are you always writing a new book. And do you, do your books come out of your sermon series? Um, I know like one of my favorite people that I've gotten to become friends with over the years is the great Max Likato and you know, just an incredible wordsmith, but I have always kind of studied his process when I'm writing my books or writing songs. Like there's a very, I've tried to model after certain people who I look up to and how they go about their process. A lot of times he'll be preaching his next book in a sermon series and it's like you said, sort of battle tested. Is that a similar thing for you? I'm exactly the opposite. So really? Max,
1: who I am the biggest fan of in the world, he does the sermons and then it gets turned into the book. I do it the opposite. I'll usually write a book. I'm 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 the dark, stormy creative. Go into the cabin, you know, write. Um, and then afterwards, when the book comes out, I'll usually do a sermon series around it or speak around, around the topic. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of flip-flopped on that, which I think is cool that there's room for both different
0: expressions. I love that. And dark and stormy. I like that. That's good that you should, are you sure you're not a songwriter? <sighs> well, I have, uh, I have aspirations, Matthew. I just can't <laughs> carry you a go. tune. So, you know, <laughs> so are you working on the next book right now? Are you always kind of
1: usually i sometimes i give myself permission to take a break and allow the resort the reserves to get creatively replenished um, i'm working on a, a, a young reader's book which i'm really excited about on worry so mm-hmm. this will be a little bit older than roar and marvel it'll be more more like a like an 11 12 year old um that's oh, a book about worry and then i'm i'm writing a book as well that's a next uh book for for the
0: bigger people like a next trade adults. book kind of thing yeah exactly man that's awesome well i i hope you never stop man keep up the great work and i'm so glad that i've had the chance to talk to you today and can't encourage people enough to go check out the brand new book marvel at the moon i love the cover illustration as well i haven't gotten my hands on a copy of the whole book but whoever did the illustrations of that cover if that's that Catherine all
1: pearson the- and tim bradford and i'll send you one right as we get off this it call it looks
0: um, awesome they are, they're phenomenal.
1: So Catherine is, uh, is lives in Switzerland. I've never met her, but we worked on the other book too. And we was so fun to bring the kids in. She would send a rough sketch. We would all put them on the Apple TV screen mirroring. And my kids would be like, I don't know, dad, that bears too skinny. So I'm like, okay, Catherine, can you make the bear more plump? You know? And so they all got to weigh in on it, which is really fun. And then they did the, um, they voiced the audiobook for this new one. So all my kids, Yep. So Olivia says peace. Daisy says the scripture. Clover says the prayer. And oh, that's then a great Lennox idea. I would say the chapter title. Yeah, it's that's fun. a
0: great idea. So wherever uh, you listen to your audio books, you can go find the audio version of this and get the whole family uh, in your ears. That's pretty cool. That's a great idea. It's pretty cool,
1: and it's kind of a like you know, like your kids' voices sound so unique. So Lennox is six; he's all raspy, like he smokes a pack a day or
0: something. <laughs> and so to preserve how his voice sounds right now is really cool. In that moment in time. I started doing this thing with, uh, with my daughters where at the end of every album, uh, albums over and, uh, just a little, little hidden track that would just be a voice memo from whatever. We'd make up a song about the dogs. And it's been like my little personal, you know, audio scrapbook of my girls through the years. And I can't tell you how many people come up to me at my shows and they're like, our favorite spot is when everybody thinks the record's over and we get to hear your daughter sing. So I those family touches, those personal, I mean, the, selfishly, those are moments that we can have to always hold on to. That's a beautiful thing.
1: That's a pro tip though. See, you did that. It's intentional parenting, Matthew, that you would do that recording the voice. Like to so everyone listening, just get your phone out. If you're, you know, kids singing, and talking, you're going to mm. think, oh, I'll always remember this. But to capture some of those gems, you know, we had um not to bring it solo but at linia's celebration of life when she went to heaven mm. she we had had this voice memo of her saying psalm 23 you know and it's like to me that's this just more precious than i can say to have to have that recording so
0: record your kids man that's beautiful man thanks for sharing your story and thanks for joining me on the podcast people can also find your podcast you and your wife have a podcast called hey it's the Luscos, right that's right. And yeah, is that every week or when, how often can people go find new episodes? Every Wednesday. Every we put Wednesday? up an episode, yeah. So we're yep. competitors. That's my, my podcast is every Wednesday too. So oh, I dang. didn't. I'm not worthy. I, I didn't know that a, we were fierce uh, enemies and foes here, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. No.
1: Colla- a rising tide lifts all ships. We can <laughs> listen to Matthew's first. And if you have the spare time, listen to ours.
0: <laughs> now, is your podcast as dark and stormy as, as you are on the, or is that more lightened? Freezing. Our podcast is nerdy,
1: <laughs> ridiculous, outrageousness, me trying to get my wife to laugh. its It makes no sense, you know.
0: I love it, man. Well, hey, keep up the great work, and uh, so glad to have the chance to spend some time with you, and I know people are going to love Marvel at the Moon, as well as the next books that you continue to write, and just pray God's richest blessings on you and your family, and hope we get to connect again in person sometime.
1: Man, right back at you, watching you from afar, watching you lead this long obedience in the same direction, the the statesman that you are for Christian music, but with such a pure heart watching you. First of all, first time I was at the Fan Awards and you were doing like the (laughs) emceeing and all these things and this over here, it was unbelievable, literally. Uh, So talented. And then you're up there doing a worship set and it was just like, good, good grief. Where's all this talent and energy come from? Uh, But genuinely, with such a spirit of humility, I love the touching moment this year, honoring Stephen Curtis Chapman and just
0: all of that. So sweet. And may God
1: continue to bless you guys as well. So I
0: appreciate that. I want to come out to Montana and see you guys. So hopefully we'll get to do that soon or in Nashville one of these days. But uh, man, thank you so much, Levi. This has been so good. And maybe I'll get to come see the Christmas tour. Everybody, don't forget to go check that out at TransparentProductions.com, too, to get some tickets to come see you and Lisa Harper at Christmas time, man. Lots of good stuff, man. Thanks, Levi. God bless you, man. Thanks, bro. Okay, songs from the story house. I was thinking about this song as I was talking talking to Levi about his new book, Marvel at the Moon, and this is a song that really marvels at God's creation, and then hears God speaking to his child. Guess what? Take a look at all these things I've created, but you're my favorite invention. You're my favorite creation, I love you. So really it's a simple, almost lullaby-ish, it's a simple song about the profound love of God. This was my first ever song on the radio. It's my first number one song. It will always have a special place in my heart, and uh, maybe you know it as well, it goes like this. Take a look at the mountain, stretching a mile high. Take a look at the ocean, far as your eye can see and think of me. Take a look at the desert, uh, do you feel like a grain of sand? I am with you wherever, Cause where you go is where I am. And I'm always thinking of you, take a look around you, I'm spelling it out one by one i love you more than the sun and the stars that i taught how to shine you are mine and you shine for me too i love you yesterday and today and tomorrow i'll sing again and again something like that he's my dad and he gives good advice and that's why we close out the show with dad vice check out his very own theme song he is my dad and he gives good advice and that's why this
2: segment is called dad vice
0: Dad, thanks for being here. You're wearing my merch.
2: Yes, I am. I'm, I'm excited about my story, Your Glory. and
0: The fall tour. The
2: fall tour coming up.
0: 20 cities across the country. Yeah,
2: I thought I'd sport this. Looks good. Yeah, it makes me feel good. And Does I, it? I think I'm going to do good today on Dad Bikes, So,
0: <laughs> Oh, what do you got for us? You got a okay, joke first? Yeah,
2: yeah, I've got some laughter for people. And um, I don't know if you knew this, Matthew, but that Travis, our drummer, fell and hit his head on... His snare drum, yeah we we think it. Uh, he has a percussion. Wow, percussion. <laughs> if the delivery Percu- wasn't
0: so bad, that might have been actually a pretty that good joke. That might have been the
2: good one. Okay, hey, uh, we're gonna oh, talk percussion. about golden apples. And, uh, I don't know about you, Matthew. Uh, I hope you have a lot of memories that we've given you through your childhood and everything. And we lived in the suburbs of Chicago in the fall. We'd go to Michigan and pick some apples, uh, in the orchard or even in some of the suburbs, uh, pick some apples and everything. And, uh, so, we're going to talk about golden apples. Have you heard the saying, you can't compare apples to oranges? And I think yeah. most people would pick an apple over an orange. But the wisest man in the Bible compared apples to, to gold. Proverbs twenty five eleven. A word spoken at the right time is as lovely as golden apples in a silver basket. In this verse, King Solomon is comparing kind words that are spoken at just the right time as ornate objects made with precious metals. Someone else said it this way, a correct word spoken in the proper context is beautiful, opulent, and valuable. Mm. To help us compare this... Comprehend this comparison. In biblical days, a person who owned five talents of gold or silver would be considered a multimillionaire by today's standard. And today, in spiritual terms, if you use your words wisely, you are a multimillionaire in spiritual terms. Your words are like Mm. gold, as valuable as gold. Paul encouraged us in another verse when he wrote, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer. Each person. Here are three quick things we can learn from these verses. One, our words are important. Our mm. words can speak positively into someone's story. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Colossians four six. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Our words are important. Two, timing is everything. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and they say that this is a prophecy of the Messiah, it says in Isaiah 54, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Mm. It is possible to say, the right thing at the wrong time. It is possible to say the wrong thing at the right wrong time, but we need God to give us the tongue of the learned. We need the Holy Spirit to guide our words. Thirdly, we are not perfect. We're not always gonna get it right. We may hurt others with our words, and sometimes I say, Lord, forgive me if I say the wrong words. And God can use us even in our imperfections. And I bet you were thinking during this whole advice. He never quoted one of my songs in my double album, right? That's you right. You were thinking that yeah, I am going to do it. Let's do it. The word "song" in infec- imperfections, infections, infections, not infections, yeah. but That's imperfections. My favorite song. Lord, you perfectly love me in all my imper- imperfections. You finally believing it's true. How you perfectly love me and all my imperfections and all my imperfections you'll use. <laughs> so I give all my imperfections to you. I, I didn't butcher that at all. Uh, Second Corinthians 12, 9. My power is made perfect in weakness. Here's my dad advice. Today, ask yourself if you are asking God to help you speak encouraging words at the right time. Let's be challenged to allow our words to become as valuable as apples of gold good. in silver baskets.
0: That's good. Thanks, Dad. Okay, that's our show for today. I want to thank Levi Lusco for joining me. Be sure to check out his brand new children's devotional called Marvel at the Moon. I also want to thank my dad for joining me, as always, with some great uh, devotional content and inspiration. And thank you. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the podcast or watching the podcast. And uh, thanks for listening to my music. I appreciate you guys so much. And I just realized the tag is still on my jacket, this new jacket here. So... I guess uh, guess I'll keep it. I'll take the tag off. But hey, go make the most of the one life that you get. Remember, it's your story for his glory. Go to popwee.org today if we can minister to you in any way. That's our ministry, P-O-P-W-E.org. Go to sign up for a free weekly devotional. Send us a prayer request if we can be praying for you. Love you guys. See you next week.